Hello, this is Coach Aaron Saft in the MR Running Pains podcast. And today I have a fun guest, Michael Poole. Michael has finished 19 100-mile races, amongst other things. But um, I just love Michael's attitude, um, his go-by-feel training methodology. Um, He is just an outstanding individual. He has been just... Um, A great member of our community, volunteering with him and his wife at multiple races, Um, just really engaged. Um, They ran uh, the um, South Toe 2 aid station for me for all the years I did Hellbender. Um, Just a wonderful family. Their kids are absolutely just priceless. Um, I just love the pools. Um, so it was great to have this conversation with Michael. Uh, Michael was one of those people that I was rooting for to get into Western States, uh, after I think it was eight tries. We talk about that here on the podcast, eight lotteries to go through, to get into Western States, having to qualify time and time again. And, uh, you know, just kind of putting his head down and waiting his turn. Um, COVID hit, so he actually didn't get to race the year he was supposed to. He had to wait another year. So uh, Michael truly is a patient individual and, um, you know, just a really fun conversation with him uh, talking about all the things he's done and lessons he's learned. So I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. I'll catch up with everybody after the episode and talk about things that are going on here in the MR Running Pains world. But uh, I want to just get into the conversation with Michael. So here it is. All right. I have with me Michael Poole. Michael, how are you today? Pretty good. Can't complain. <laughs> awesome. Michael is, is fresh off a of grindstone. So um, we're, we're not gonna, only going to talk about that, but uh, all his other 1,800-mile finishes, aside from this previous grindstone that he has done, and a slew of other races. He's had quite experience starting back since 2008, I think we discovered on Ultra Sign Up. Does that sound right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we were uh, we were about to have our first kid, I was like, maybe I should get in shape. <laughs> so I started running. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Michael is a father of two. Uh, so Mona, why don't you just uh, start by telling us a little bit about you? Um, yeah. So I've got uh, two daughters, Ella Kate and Addison. Ella Kate uh, just started high school, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, to believe that we have a kid that age, and then. Uh, my wife, Claire, um, who's very supportive of all of my endeavors, because um, it's, you know, definitely a sacrifice um, time wise. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I like to run, I work at an irrigation company, um, basically like being outside. So um, enjoying mountains, covering distance and seeing nature pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, tell us a little bit, um, cause you know, I, I see you on Strava, so you typically are the, uh, the, the early bird to get your, the runs in. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, I, I do a lot of stuff. I work a lot. Um, I have a lot of other hobbies that I do too. Uh, but so I'm always trying to balance my time, which is kind of, you know, hard. And so, um, with, kids and Claire I don't want to be you know I'm spending a lot of time running so I don't want to be running in the afternoons all the time when I can be hanging out and seeing them so I generally will try and run uh you know between five and six in the morning to get miles in and then earlier depending on where I'm at training load wise and uh so so yeah so I'm trying to get it done before anybody wakes up basically (laughs) Uh, and get back uh either get to work or um, cause I've got to be at work at seven. So, um, so yeah, I'm, so I'm trying to get there or just be back at the house to hang out. And, uh, yeah, so that's my early morning. That's my routine basically. <laughs> Which is incredible. Cause like I said, I see his starting times on Strava and it's O dark 30 for sure. So yeah, um... 90% of my runs are in the dark. I only, normally I only run in the light on the weekends. <laughs> the long run like the end of my long run <laughs> gotcha gotcha um how did uh how did running start for you um so like i said we were i was uh we were living in memphis uh tennessee and uh we were claire was pregnant with our first uh daughter Kate, and we i was like you know i I did a little bit of sports before high school. I was always doing stuff, athletic and everything, but I never really 
played any high school sports or college sports and just was kind of like graduated college and I was you know just kind of hanging out doing nothing <laughs> um and so I was like well maybe I'll get in shape so I signed up for a 5k and I was like oh this will be fun and so I trained <laughs> for that uh did a 5k and then I was like oh there's uh there was a race series there in Memphis that was um they took your times best times from each race and it was a uh, a 5k well two 5ks two five miles two 10ks two 10 miles and two half marathons and so they kind of built you up over the course of a couple months and uh and so i did that series and and then from there somebody was like hey have you heard about uh these people who run 50ks and i was like no i don't even know what like i have to do math i'm like all right what are we looking at here um and so somebody convinced me to go do one of those. And, uh, uh, we went to, um, the stump jump over here in Chattanooga mm -hmm. and, uh, well, no, my first one actually was Bartlett parks ultra, um, with one of Mike Samuelson's races. And it was, I should have quit then it was 107 with a heat index of 116. Oh my gosh. And, uh, yes, but I finished it. Um, uh, and then we did the stump jump right after that. But, uh, but yeah, so then it just kind of snowballed. Then it was like, Somebody's like, you should try a 50 miler. You should try a hundred miler. And I did. <laughs> and yeah, so it was, it was kind of, uh, I don't know. It just went to the nth degree after I started with the 5k. <laughs> uh, did Claire run as well? Did she get into running? Um, not initially. She, uh, she's, she does now for sure. Um, Memphis was kind of a weird running scene. Um, great people and everything, but there's not a lot of trail out there um you've got you know like three choices basically um and running on the road so it's it's kind of iffy so uh so yeah once she, once we moved here and we got into the mountains and everything she really um she really took to it and she enjoys it now for sure huh. we just uh we get rid of our kids every summer for about a month they go stay in memphis with our family and so <laughs> we're able to go adventure and uh she just did art lobe we both ran the art lobe together um i guess it was in july so nice. fun. that's <laughs> awesome yeah no, and, and you know some folks that are listening might not know art lobe and that's a a 30 mile trail here in western north carolina that's got somewhere between eight and nine thousand feet of gain it's a point to point course and it's uh it takes you up onto uh black balsam and uh tenon mountain just a gorgeous range up there and, and views so it's it's quite a quite an accomplishment for any runner um locals love that route so that's that's cool that you guys got to do it together yeah it's fun that's awesome very cool and, and claire is your biggest supporter every time um i'm following along on social media claire is is updating your your uh your social media so oh yeah um, yeah she's <laughs> definitely my promoter i am uh terrible at posting things and <laughs> all that on social media um but yeah she definitely is heavily supportive and uh we talk about it all the time because you see some couples that have you know their husband either runs or the wife runs and they have nothing to do with any of that and so they're <laughs> just by themselves uh so uh it's great to have two people especially when you're bumming out in the middle of a race and <laughs> there's like get your butt out there and start going <laughs> <laughs> which which you were saying before we started recording uh that that she has done and <laughs> we can talk about that oh, yeah. as well i <laughs> know uh, it is great to have that support beth has been you know instrumental in in my hundreds and in my 200 now um it's great having yeah, that you know, crazy also they won't allow me to do this uh, it's probably a good thing <laughs> said no <laughs> I, I understand but yeah i know claire is great because she takes pictures like that's wonderful like my, beth she's like so focused and concerned about me that she totally forgets to take pictures and stuff so i have to rely on the, the other crew members so uh, i'm glad she has the uh the bandwidth to be able to do all of those things and still get pictures of you that's cool yeah i would uh i've only crewed a couple hundred mile races and i would much rather run it than yes get, yeah crew. No. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're totally right. It's that crewing is tough. It is tough because it's hurry up and wait and you know, you get to the next day station and you're just waiting and, and eagerly anticipating. So <laughs> absolutely. Um, so um, take us back. Uh, you know, you said you started growing into ultra um, take us back to your first hundred miler. What, uh, what year was it and which race was it? 
Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not positive about the year. It's probably in the 2008 range-ish, somewhere in there. Um, yes. It's the Arkansas Traveler, which is a great race, well-run race. Uh, it's over um, near Perryville. Um, so, yeah, so everybody from Memphis, it's like uh, there's a huge group of runners that would go over and, and do that. Um, so I went with no idea of what I was in for. Um, you know, didn't really have a training plan. I just kind of winged it, uh, <laughs> based it on miles. And we took a group of like, I don't know, there's probably six or seven of us that went just, and I was the only one running. They were just crewing me and having fun. So, uh, you know, classic first race shenanigans, you are, <laughs> you have no idea what you're doing. You just start going and, uh, kind of moving along and, hoping that the crew shows up at the next spot, which, you know, I showed up at the first spot and one of the guys was already drinking beer at 1030 and he was supposed to pace me. I'm like, dude, you got to calm down, man. We, we got a long way to go. Um, but yeah, we ended up, I had two different uh, friends pace me. Um, one of them, Vinny, he paced me for about 15 miles. And then my other friend, Patrick, uh, who actually got me into to running he uh, paced me for close to 50 miles, the last 50 miles. Wow. And uh, he, uh, I was falling asleep. Like, I, you know, I was hurting. Like, I was grunting every time I went to start back running from walking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just had no idea what I was doing and, and how much it was going to hurt. Like, I'd, I had not experienced that before. Um, but, yeah, it was fun. We, I'm trying to sleep. I was, like, following him with my hand on his shoulder. I'm like, I'm just going to close my eyes and walk, let's just walk for a minute. And so I was trying to, like, sleepwalk and it wasn't working. Uh, so that's when I figured out that I needed some caffeine in the night, you know, uh, to kick it in. Uh, but, yeah, the, it was by far the, the most fun finish I've ever had at a 100-mile race. Uh, we got to – there's – you dump out of the trail under this road – and you've got about three miles left on the road. And the guy who's sitting there taking numbers, he's just hanging out by himself. And he's like, uh, you've got three miles and you've got like 28 minutes to get under 24 hours. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. I was like, I feel bad if I don't try. So we booked it and we ran and I think I finished in like 2358. Oh my gosh. Was, we were motoring for the last three miles. I was like, what if my Amazing. watch is wrong? I'm like, what if I stopped it? Cause I had a time X back then. <laughs> there weren't like Garmin's. Right. Uh, no, there's yeah, a lot. That was a, that was a fun, fun finish. Yeah. Uh, and then I was expecting in my head, you know, fanfare, like there's going to be balloons and streamers and people screaming and there's like one lady taking numbers in the chair and then the all the rest of my crew and that was it and everybody right. else was either asleep or inside somewhere uh so yeah it's kind of anticlimactic but really really fun finish nonetheless <laughs> that's awesome yeah uh, well it was yeah you're right it was 2008 i just checked on ultra sign up and actually the anniversary october 4th is coming up so uh, yeah, know. yeah, they've uh, been posting about it on the internet. That's a it's a really classic race. Um, I've done that. I did that one five times. It was because uh, it was close to Memphis. I could drive over there, run on Saturday, and then come back on Sunday and not miss any work or <laughs> have to take any days off or anything. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, like thinking back, um, what what did you? <laughs> How did you carry stuff? Because, I mean, at that time, you know, like hydration packs weren't really much of a thing. And, you know, handhelds yeah. were just coming about. Like, I remember having my my hard ultimate direction, like round bottle that, like, yeah. you know, it like That's really the... didn't secure to your hand. It had like had the pocket like a but... strap. And a, yeah, it had the strap that kept coming undone. Anything into. <laughs> yeah. Is that what yeah, you well... used? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was the yeah, ultimate yeah. direction handheld bottle. Um, yeah. That's that's all we had. Like, right. And that race, it was always in the fall, so it was pretty cool um, most of the time. Sometimes it was warm, but their aid stations were really um, – it's an out and back for the most part. There's a little spur on the, the front part, but um, the aid stations are like four and five and six miles apart. Mm. I think the longest one is towards the end. You have like an eight-mile section, but, you know, getting through that is pretty easy with a handheld, yeah. uh, which I kind of like the handheld better than the packs, to be honest, because <laughs> it's like less stuff to deal with. Right, right. What do you use these days? 
I have a really old Ultimate Direction. Um, I bought like an adventure racing, that adventure racing yeah. size pack. Okay. Um, because I was doing stuff out here and it's like, yeah. you know, you can cruise around on a 30 mile loop with that easy and yeah. carry everything you need. Uh, but it's, it's seen better days. Uh, <laughs> zippers aren't working right. It's got some holes in it. The bladder <laughs> leaks. Um, yeah. I mean, it's time for a new one. Hey, what did you use at Grindstone? That? Uh, I use that same pack, uh, borrowed Claire's bladder. Okay. Uh, from from her pack but uh but yeah I, I use that i'm uh i need to get something smaller though for races i figured out because that's just a lot of stuff i mean you'll cram stuff in there and carry it for 100 miles and not use it <laughs> right 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 do we need do we need to do like a kickstarter so that we, yeah. we raise some yeah. funds for, for new pack i've Michael? looked at i've looked at them a bunch uh i just can't make up my mind <laughs> Well, Christmas is coming. Make up your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Black Friday. Get it on sale. There you go. Yep. Absolutely. No, there's some good stuff out there for mm -hmm. sure. Oh, that's great. But yeah, I was cruising with the handheld. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For, I, I, for you and I started of... ultras at the same time. So I, like, I remember, <laughs> I remember those handhelds well. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They'd that's always cool. start leaking on the top and you're like, well, time to get another yep. one. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. I still have a few of those bottles left actually. Oh man. <laughs> But, um, all right. So, um, Arkansas, you've done it five times, which is absolutely incredible. Was there any recognition on your fifth time? Sometimes races recognize if you do it five times, get a five. So they do have uh, special awards. I actually never got mine. Um, do you need to email the RD? Uh, well, it's Chrissy. I was, I wasn't that worried about it. I was just like, <laughs> I'll be back next year. And then we moved. So I'm oh. going to go back. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I had to be somewhere uh, that Sunday afternoon. So I finished early in the morning, uh, like five or six in the morning and showered up and, and started driving uh, <laughs> and came back to Memphis. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> um, I should, I didn't stay around for the awards, which I think that uh, the race ended at noon, I believe. So, right on. Um, right on. so yeah, I couldn't hang out. <laughs> Um, what would be the next race that you've done the most, the most times? Um, so I've done, uh, well, I guess Mohican 100. I've done okay. twice. And then you've um, done, and then Grindstone, done twice. Grindstone twice. Okay. Uh, and I DNF Pinhoti once I ran half of it and then I finished it once. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, so you got one and a half there. <laughs> yeah. I've been to that one. Uh, I think that's it on doubles. Maybe. So, I don't know. It's hard we, to keep track of them. That's fine. We were, you know, we were discussing on ultra sign up, uh, that you have 19 finishes and only two DNFs, which is really impressive. Uh, one of them being Pinhoti, um, which mm -hmm. you told me the story, but why don't you go ahead and, and talk about what happened at that Pinhoti? Yeah, so Penhody, uh, you know, it's Alabama. You're, it's in the fall, but you never know what kind of weather you're going to get. And that year, it was, it wasn't too hot, but it was like the first part. You kind of go through the swampy area, and it was like stagnant, like steamy air through there. And uh, I started chafing on uh, my nether, nether region. <laughs> and lowers. I was like, yeah, I get to mile 20 at the aid station and I'm already asking them, I'm like, what do you have for lube? Like, and they're like, oh man. And uh, so every aid station after that, I was asking and eventually um, once it's, once it uh, subsided and started bleeding, I was like, you know what, this isn't worth it. I, I still have 46 miles or something to go. Oh so. I, I pulled the plug on that one. <laughs> we were <laughs> sitting on the side. I felt great. Like my legs felt great, but uh, Claire and I were sitting on the side of the road and we didn't have any hotel. Like we didn't have oh. anything. We we're like, so what do you want to do now? Like <laughs> just ran 50 miles. We got to like try and find a hotel somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Alabama, right. you know? Um, and so, yeah, we found like a motel eight or some terrible place uh, to stay. It was, it was really bad. It was like $60 a night or some one of those type deals. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was an interesting, uh, that was my, that was my first DNF ever. Uh, oh, did you learn your lesson though? Do you carry lube now? Yes, I do. And uh, yeah, so I actually switched over after that to a different variety that uh, uh, Consuela lively turned me on to uh that triathletes use and it that stuff lasts a whole hundred mile race and 
you have to like scrub it off in the shower. Right? <laughs> What's the name of that? Um, sports. What is it? Sports slick. Yeah, sports slick. It's out of Florida. Sports slick. Yeah, I have to check. That they out. sell big tubes, and then they smell sell a little small one that All you right. can fit in your pack. <laughs> I'll try to I'll try to Google that, and I'll put it in the show notes if anybody's interested in checking that out because. That's always good stuff to know. Like, you know, like yeah. there is certain stuff that just, you know, you don't have to reapply. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Anybody that has like a little uh, like vague, like uh, coconutty smell to it too. Oh, so, like, kind of. That could be pleasant. Tro- tropical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my Boudreaux's butt paste does not have the, uh, the uh, effervescence of, of coconut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the nastiest stuff, but it, it works. <laughs> yeah uh whatever works right um yeah. very good so um okay and yeah, so the other my, go ahead yeah my other dnf yes uh that was uh charles the charleston 100 um which my uh it was the covid year so typically we would be and that's in between christmas and new year's so it's a terrible time for <laughs> all of that type stuff and we're typically in uh memphis with all of our family but we kind of canceled it whenever COVID was going on for that year. Right. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go over here and try this. And my cousin actually lives on the course. And so we were like, free place to stay. We'll go over there, you know, hang out with them and and run the race. But I had had a stress fracture earlier in the year. Um, well, not that uh, not that far back. Like, I think I was out of my boot for five weeks. And I trained for like three, like trying to build up mileage back. And um, and so that one, I probably should not have started, <laughs> uh, but I did anyway. And I uh, ended up bailing um, my shin or my foot started hurting again in the same spot at like, I don't know, 45, 46. And I was like, eh, just come get me. And it's also a road race, which I'm not really accustomed yeah. to either right right so and i i was motoring because it, it was nice and flat and uh <laughs> and smooth but uh but yeah so i bailed on that one because i didn't want to wear the boot again <laughs> that's fair that's fair um well talk talk a little bit about your training like how it's evolved um because as you said your first one you really had no clue um what have you learned over the years and and how has that evolved um so basically I've, like I said, I've never had any coaching. I've never run track or anything like that. So I kind of um, just developed my own feel for whatever my body could handle. So um, typically I'll try and carry just like on a general week, like around 30 miles. If I'm not training for anything, um, you know, spaced over three or four runs or something. And then, um, I'll kind of build, once I figure out where I'm going to race, I'll build my mileage base uh, by percentage. So I'll go like, I'll add like 10% every other week or something and progressively build up to the point where I get to whatever, you know, whatever I'm trying to do. So like uh, Grindstone, this past one, I was hovering at about 80 miles for, um, for three or four weeks. And then I tapered and and then race so um in memphis i was closer to probably 100 miles a week in that range because it's very flat there <laughs> there's no hills so you're basically just right. fighting heat in the summer uh, sure. was it? uh so so yeah so i'll build that up and then i just kind of i don't know i it's everyone is different which you know you start training and you have an you have an idea in your mind of what you want to do, but um, your body will let you know throughout that process, like, Hey, <laughs> you don't need to do this or maybe you shouldn't have done that. And yeah. maybe you need to back off this week. So uh, I think like that part of it took a little bit of experience to, to figure out, you know, yeah. because every person is going to be different. You can read all these plans on the, the internet and be like, sure. all right, I'm going to, I'm going to follow this plan exactly, but right. you, you know, your body is going to tell you. Um, yeah. So you just have to pay attention. And, and so really for me, the, the injuries that I've had in running have all been stress fracture stuff and it's all okay. from too much, too fast. Like not yep. build it, not having a base and being like, Oh, I'll go run this hundred miles or, <laughs> or just like uh, too many races 
too quickly. Um, so I've had, I've worn the boot twice now, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I kind of just developed that system that worked for me. So progressively building a base to where I feel comfortable with, you know, rationalizing a distance of like 25 or 30 miles. I'm like, all right, I'm going to knock this out and, and then go for it. Um, so, what was your, so yeah, what was your longest run, uh, in your buildup to grindstone? Um, my longest one. So I did, I ran from the end of scar at great, the great smoky mountains national park. Yes. And we, we had camped at hot springs. Okay. So I did, uh, Claire and them hung out at the campground. I drove my car up and, um, they ended up hanging out in downtown hot springs. So I ran <laughs> AP back nice. from there and just ran right into the brewery where they were hanging out <laughs> and, uh, and watched some music. So that was like, that was about 35 or 36 miles. Cool. Um, I had, we did the art lobe as one of them. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I just, I did the up and down the shut in uh, yep. from the river. Okay. For my down last down. three. <laughs> three weeks. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. That's great. Oh yeah. I also ran. Oh yeah. I had a fourth one in there. I ran from. Uh, the river down there at the Arboretum. Yes. Uh, all the way down to Davidson River Campground, which is a cool route if you ever want to do that. So yeah. You're so shut let me in about up. That. That's uh, you come forty miles. Down, uh, it's like 30, 35 or thirty-six. 35. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you you take shut in all the way up past Pisgah, and then you turn yeah. off, uh, like Pilot to Thompson Creek. Oh, okay. Down yeah. through the uh horse camp area. Yeah. And then pick up that uh, Pink Beds connector. Sure. Pink Beds loop, Barnett branch. Barnett, yep. And then Black, Black Mountain, Mountain. Yep. down to the bottom. Wow, that's yeah, cool. pretty cool. One. Yeah, I like that. That's that's pretty cool. You could probably end at a brewery there too. <laughs> yeah, you, you could have. <laughs> Run out to the hub. Well, you and I will have to do that sometime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, so um, Michael and I actually got to know each other. Um, the the pools came to a healthy kids running series uh, where it wasn't the first time we had met, but it was the time where I really got to know Michael and his family. Uh, his his girls were running the the series, and I, I you know I see Michael and he's got an, an ultra shirt on, and I struck up the conversation. I looked down at his shoes, and um, he had the Montreal Mountain Masochist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that was the shoe, right? That's my favorite shoe ever. Stop making it. Uh, yeah. And so I was like, man, how are you still wearing that shoe? <laughs> He's like, I yeah, had so left over. Claire found them on the internet and they were like $50. It was on sale for like $50. <laughs> and she called everyone in our family, like her parents, my parents, my sister. She's like, for Christmas, get Michael these shoes. So I got like <laughs> eight or 10 pairs of, of shoes. That's fantastic. Because they were yeah. my favorite. And then they, you know, of course. Of course. Yep. Yes, continued him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I felt bad when, when that happened. Uh, but I do remember that. That was that was <laughs> hysterical. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about what's um what's probably some of your, your favorite courses that you have done. Um, so uh my the absolute most beautiful race uh that I think I've done is that Cascade Crest. Okay. Uh, and it I mean it was surreal scenery. Um can you talk about go ahead talk a little bit about that like where it is and and all that um yeah so we flew into seattle and the race actually happens about an hour and a half probably about an hour and a half east of maybe two hours east of seattle um so you're over there and you're making this huge loop and you can see mount rainier like almost the whole time it's like looming in the distance uh but but yeah, that Pacific, it's Pacific Northwest. So you've got, right. you know, ferns, uh, spruces, all that, all the cool stuff, like the top of the uh, the Black Mountain Crest Trail. It was like, mm -hmm. you know, that's basically the course you're running that's over cool. there um, with, with serious vert. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, I want to go back and do it again because I, I started cramping early in that race and I just kind of felt bad the whole day. <laughs> so I didn't really enjoy it as much as I... I wish I would have. Um, but yeah, that was fun. We had, it was a group of us from Memphis that actually trained together and went. Uh, so there was actually uh, three of us 
who uh, went James Holland and Carol O'Hare, who were both stellar ultra runners. Uh, they both done the Grand Slam. Carol actually won it. Uh, cool. They the year it's funny. So Carol, I met her years after I started running, and um, she ran. It was the year uh, the Grand Slam that Western States got canceled for a fire. Okay. And so uh, the Arkansas Traveler actually hosted the race for the last of that series so she okay. ran the arkansas traveler and okay. won the the uh the grand slam that year nice. and i had no idea who she was but it's the first race that i ever did so my friends framed this this newspaper article from the little rock uh newspaper and it's like has her picture in it and it was like hanging on my wall and then i met her later on i'm like carol you're on my wall <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so we all three ran that um and she was from that area originally. So she knew a bunch of people and uh, it's uh it's a really, really uh, pretty race. That, that whole area is really pretty. We, we almost moved there instead of over here, but we were like, we'll never see our family again if we have to pay. For <laughs> That's you know, really so, true. <laughs> That's um, cool. But yeah, I love that one. Um, yeah. That's by far the prettiest one I've done all the other ones. Uh, I mean, the bear in Utah was pretty in its own unique way. Um, it's kind of like a moonscape type situation compared <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, Cascade Crest, you know? Sure. Uh, so I just, I like the, the trees uh, <laughs> more than, more than rock. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's cool. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, uh, we'd be remiss not to say you got to run Western States and, you were one of those people that just had to keep waiting. So yeah. <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I've been qualifying for, I don't know, years. I think, I think it was eight years and I finally got in and there was only like nine of us, I think in the whole right. lottery that were left. Uh, and so finally got picked and then COVID happened. Uh, so they postponed <laughs> it another year. So it was actually like nine years that I waited. Oh my gosh. Um, finally made it. And, uh, and the heat just slapped me in the face on that one. It was like, you thought you could run fast, but you cannot. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was, a, it was hot, man. Um, I used to do good in the heat when I lived in Memphis, but once I moved here, I'm, I'm a baby now. Uh, it just, did you en- did, uh, it, I know it like the heat makes it tough, but did you enjoy the course? Like, Oh the, yeah. Yeah. The, the atmosphere it was super pretty that first, that whole first section, when you climb up out of Olympic Valley, right. The escarpment on the backside of the mm. escarpment, that whole section was really, really pretty. And, uh, it's, uh, it's really runnable too. And it's still in the shade at that point. Cause the, <laughs> the sun's on the other side of the mountain. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, so that whole area was good. And then uh, the two canyons were really, that was really cool to see because you drop through like three different ecosystems and that, that climb in and out of it, you're at the top and it's burned forest, no vegetation, huge, tall trees. And then you drop down all these switchbacks and it's lush green river (laughs) and forest down there. And then you climb back out and then you do it all again. but yeah, it was, I was telling some people the other night, we were talking about it and we left the last chance aid station, which is like your last chance before you dive into those canyons. Right. And we were, we're probably like half a mile out of the aid station and this rattlesnake came across the trail and it was trying to go up the other side and it was sliding back down the bank oh. and so it started rattling. And the guy who was in front of me was like, nope, I'm out. And he turned around and he went back. <laughs> he, quit. he quit the race. Oh, yeah, oh my I guess he thought it was a sign or something, but uh, but <laughs> yeah, crazy. that that course is really pretty. It's that is an event, man. It's like yeah. people everywhere and yeah. cameras and right. you know, they have drones flying around, like following yeah. the escarpment climb. That's crazy. It, it was nuts. Uh, one of my I, favorite pictures, I think, was uh, you and Camille like side by side. At, at oh yeah, station. I had so I didn't I didn't know who that was like <laughs> so I found this shady spot it was like right beside the it was like a sliver of shade and I'm sitting there on the wall after we finished and right. and she comes over and sits down beside me and Claire's like she gets over in front of me and she's like waving at me like this and I'm like what she's like <laughs> pointing at her and I'm like I have no idea I was like you know she's sleep she's like she's going to sleep she's tired and she's like no and she comes over, she's like, that's Camille Hare. And I'm like, 
that doesn't help me. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. So I don't follow. I'm not a huge follower of all. The yeah. People, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, That's then they're funny. like, Claire's like trying to sneak a picture of her <laughs> and me together, but she was super nice. She woke up after a little bit and uh, we talked for, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes <laughs> down to earth girl. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, really she's cool. super fast. I'm happy that I beat her. Sorry, Camille. <laughs> <laughs> that's priceless. <laughs> oh my god. That I'm. I was so happy that you got in. Oh my god. You know, like we we were on lottery day, and you know, I was just <laughs> like, man, I, I really. If Michael doesn't get in, this is just ridiculous. So yeah, I'm so relieved when I heard you got in. So yeah, it, I went through various years of we're watching. Everybody's watching the lottery. Or we're watching it, and then I'm right. Like, I'll watch it. I'm going running. Right. And, uh, I'll just find out when I get back. And yeah, I think I was cooking. Like I was in the kitchen cooking when they drew my name this time. Yeah. Like, All right. Finally. <laughs> As, I mean, the, you know, the raffle this year, cause I put it in for the raffle and um yeah i I had no idea when they were doing it especially being different time zones and all of a sudden my phone blew up it was like dude they picked your name and i was like what <laughs> like you know like oh my god five you know they picked five people and there was like forty thousand tickets i was like no yeah, way that's crazy so yeah so i mean you know i mean yeah so now you got to train yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure for sure i know so i'm i'm looking forward to it because yeah I, i've been trying since 16 so oh man um, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, uh, it's a lot of people it's yeah, fun no for sure um but uh, you know one that you're after now is hard rock right so mm -hmm. um this is was that really the reason behind doing grindstone this year uh yeah so um i needed a obviously needed a qualifier i was right. uh, i can't remember i don't know what i did the previous time but um yeah so yeah i needed that for the next two years so i've been i don't know i think we did the cascade crest was the the initial um start of that so i think it's been like eight years or something in, in that <laughs> one too um so by probably by the time i'm 65 i'll get in i think <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to go over there. My buddy James that I was talking about earlier, he's, he's been a couple times. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it looks spectacular. It is. Yeah, and, it is. So. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's beautiful and as great as, you know, everybody says, and I, I know yeah. people, you know, kind of turn their heads and their noses up at the, the lottery process for it, but you know, obviously it's, it's their decision is their race, but yeah, that's, uh, that was what I thought about it too. I mean, you have to ultimately make a decision if it's yours. You're, right. You do what yeah. you, whatever if, you're if you want to do it, then that's what you got to do. I mean, you know, it's and those people that you know they're like, well, it's easy for you to say you've already done it, but <laughs> I mean, I had to wait through it too. You know, I had to go through yeah. the line too. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. That's it part is what of it is. Exactly. You, it is. you literally signed up for it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, so talk about uh, grindstone. Um, you know, we we talked a little bit about it before we started recording, but you know, tell us about how it went. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we talked a little bit about my training. It went really good. Um, never really had any significant issues, got through all that. And, uh, did you do any type of workouts or anything like that? Or you just do straight distance? Uh, just distance. I, I try and do, well, I kind of mess around, but I don't do anything structured really. Um, so I'll do, uh, you know, like hill work basically, but in the middle of a run. So, mm -hmm. Um, I'll be like, all right, well, I'm going, I know if I know what I'm, I generally know where I'm going. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> let's go, um, up this hill and try and make it to a certain point sure. you know, and go up that hill to there and then, uh, chill out and relax, but I don't do anything like intervals or anything, anything like that structure. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, just basically distance, um, just covering distance, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I do run with different, uh, several different people. Some are faster than others. Some are slower than others. And then I'm faster than, uh, than them. So it's like, there's a balance there. Like mm -hmm. I think training wise, you can like maximize your, your leg power, uh, or your, I guess your ability to have leg power continuously <laughs> by varying up those speeds. So like not running full tilt every time or whatever, yeah. um, so, you know, that's, uh, that kind of works in my favor sometimes. And this training run, I actually, uh, incorporated a lot of biking into the first, uh, building phase of it before okay. I just transitioned over to running, which 
I found helped me keep speed for longer mm -hmm. because the longer my mileage gets, the less speedy <laughs> I am. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I found out that that helped. Uh, so I've been mountain biking a little bit. Um, so, nice. so yeah, that's kind of my workout deal, but, uh, but yeah, that all worked out coming up to grindstone really well. Um, the week before, I guess it was a Sunday before, um, I started getting a headache from, uh, my daughter went to school and brought back, uh, some kind of head cold thing. Gotcha. Um, and so, you know, I got that all throughout the week and then that race starts on Friday afternoon at, or Friday night at six. So I was, you're, I got there early. I'm in the car laying there, like trying to take a nap and my head is just like, oh. <laughs> and, then, and I was like, well, this is not ideal, but <laughs> right. you know, that, uh, it is what it is. So, um, so I took off running, race started, um, chit chatted with Sean Pope and David Galloway who promptly left me when they said go, uh, and took <laughs> off running. And, uh, so we're going and, I got into like the first section and I was feeling like really fatigued and I'm like 15 miles in, I was like, man, I feel like I've run like 50 miles and my legs just felt gassed. And I'm like, what is happening? And so I was looking at my heart rate and it, every time I would go to run, it would spike up to like 179 or 180. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like it, it didn't happen at all. The only thing I can think is it's that cold that was right. messing with me. Um, and then after about like 25 miles, it stopped and I was able to just uh, cruise at a normal 100 mile pace. But mentally that early to be struggling in right. a 100 mile race is like it, it's very hard to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. To be like, all right, well, I got 85 miles left. This is <laughs> going to be. Fun. Yeah. Oh, um, God. But yeah. So uh, basically at that point, I just started breaking it down like. I'm like, all right, I need to make it to the next spot is six miles or eight miles or whatever. Um, and just go and keep eating and drinking. And I never really felt good the whole day. Um, I did in the afternoon, probably like 11 or 12. Um, there's a nice runnable section that I felt good for, for like three or four miles. <laughs> and then it started getting hot again. And, uh, and yeah, I made it back. My I had negative splits on the, the 50, so that's good. But you do skip two peaks on the way back. So that's probably why. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I uh, it was one of those that, you know, I've had multiple races where I felt good the whole time. And I've had a lot of them, you're on a roller coaster where you're just like up and down, you know, depending on various factors. And then that one was just... I felt bad the whole day. Like I felt like I was struggling the whole way. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was mentally hard and I was by myself. So Claire um, allocates in high school now. So they penalize you for missing days. And uh, so we didn't want that to affect your grades. And so I had taken off on Thursday afternoon and we just didn't want to pull allocate out of school. So I was by myself. I didn't have Claire screaming at me, telling me to keep going, <laughs> throwing food at me. Uh, so <laughs> did the drop bag thing and and uh yeah suffered through it myself yeah uh, do you um i know a lot of your races that i've you know kind of seen lately you don't use pacers that's pretty typical yeah i i initially when i first started doing this i would uh have pacers and it i don't know it kind of wears on me a little bit like having to well, not necessarily keep up with them, but like, I'm, uh, I'm the third child in my family. So I'm always like, I'm like the mediator type person. Uh, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always trying to like smooth things over. So like my brain is always in that mode of thinking like how to help people like, you know, help people out and not mm -hmm. be a burden to them. Sure. And so having a pacer for me is kind of like, <laughs> it's like this <laughs> mental burden of, what if I don't make it there? Or what if I'm there too late? Or what if I walk too much? Or right. what if I show up uh, like Hellbender? Sergio wanted to run. So he was like, can I pace you for the end? And I was like, sure. And I got to him and I could barely run anymore. I was like, I'm so sorry. So I'd rather <laughs> suffer myself than make other people suffer. So I just kind of go, you know, yeah, by yeah. myself. Unless somebody yeah, yeah. says, hey, I want to go. Then I'll be like, all right. But yeah. 
you're on your own. I, you. I, it's, I mean, I'm sure, you know, even though you didn't have Claire throwing food at you um, and, and telling you you can't quit that, <laughs> you know, knowing that you needed that hard rock qualifier, that's, you know, that's, that's good incentive, you know, is that was that part of it? Yeah. And yeah. And you, you know, at that point you're, you know, 1900 mile race. Well, actually 21st, if you count the two that I DNF, like, you know, you can in your mind know that you're not really in that bad a shape, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you've been, you've had experiences. I know you've probably had, a, <laughs> I've had like, this <laughs> is terrible. And yep. you're like, well, I remember that one time <laughs> yep. I felt way worse than this. Yep. Um, so, so that helps out too, but yeah. And then the hard rock qualifier, cause this is the last one this year. You're not right. getting you're not getting another one so that would have just been the end of my yeah my qualifying that's well that's all good points all good points very good um and then um (laughs) we'd be remiss not to talk about your your win um (laughs) you've got you've got a hundred mile win (laughs) yeah that was crazy um i'm not i'm not really sure what happened that day Uh, (laughs) it was uh it was actually like the last weekend before we found out about COVID before COVID happened. Like gotcha. that was the last, uh, the last hurrah, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that day, it was one of those days where I just felt good the whole time. Um, I went out super, well, not super slow, but I was like conservative. Like I never pushed anything. And, well, and also this was Chattanooga, we should say. Oh yeah. Chattanooga 100. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. So Sean puts on that race and he um, he had wanted to do this particular course that we ran, uh, but the permits, uh, the previous years, I've actually done Chattanooga twice as well. I saw uh, that. Now that we are talking about that. Yeah, and I remember that as me. you said it. Yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, yeah, so the previous course was different and they, his permits came through for the course he really wanted to do. And it was only like a month before the race or something. <laughs> so it changed everything. And uh, so that uh, part of the change, like we're standing there right before the race and he's like, oh yeah, by the way, he's like 30 seconds left to go. And then he's like, by the way, um, y'all are going to have to ride a shuttle at one point in here <laughs> because some guy wouldn't let us go through his land or something. So, and <laughs> I was, I was like, was that real? Or was that like a joke? <laughs> or a real deal? Um, but it was for real. There was a shuttle. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I went out pretty easy. Um, people were going out really hard and I just kind of was like hanging in like, I don't know, 10th or somewhere in there. Um, I was right near like the, the front female battle. I'm always like right in that mix, um, <laughs> which is fun to watch. Uh, and so yeah, so I cruised and I got out to, it's an out and back. I got out to like 48 or something. You do a little loop. And uh, I was like, Claire, I think I'm in like sixth place or something. And she's like, all right. And then on the, the like the end of the loop, people quit. And I was counting people coming back past me. And I'm like, man, there's not a lot of, there's only like three people, you know, <laughs> that came back by and so i get to the aid station they're like uh yeah i think you're in second and i was like whoa all right um but i was like that's there's 50 miles to go you know you never know right what's gonna happen so i was just like all right calm down everybody calm down i'm just gonna (laughs) run normal eat drink keep everything going uh i was listening to an audio book and uh cruising along and like mile 70 probably around 71, I saw the the leader's light up in front of me, uh, Trevor Mending, uh, who's a huge runner out of Texas, runs like every weekend almost, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he was in front of me. And so I'm, I'm like, oh man, I caught him. And I'm like, I, so I get up to him and I realized that like he, he wasn't doing very good at um, technical stuff and he wasn't good at going uphill really well in, in that, in his current state. And uh, so we, I was like, all right, I'm going to run him hard. Like, so there's all these mental uh, tricks that you learn in these ultras. Like sometimes you can pass people really fast and they won't glom onto you. And so you can like drop them and then get around the corner and walk for a second and then (laughs) go. So it makes it look like you're in really good shape, but you might not be. Uh, So I tried that one first and he was able to stick on me. 
and we made it to the next eight. Well, I realized we were, I wasn't going to be able to drop him. So I was like, all right, we'll get to the next aid station. And I realized it was the shuttle bus one. Oh. So I'm like, if I can get to the shuttle first, I can get on one and then he can go. And so there's two shuttles. One was like a nice 15 passenger van. Huh. And one was one of those little short school buses. Okay. It was like a stick shift and it was all gravel and they oh, had to drive it. And I'm like, oh man, I need the, I need the bus. <laughs> uh, so I tried to bust it down there. I couldn't beat him. And uh, we got to the aid station and we get to the table and he was gassed. He was breathing hard. And I was like, I had a that pack on the ultimate yep. direction pack I had snacks all in it. <laughs> so I grabbed a pickle off the table. I'm like, what, uh, what shuttle are we riding on? And she's like, oh, go to that one over there. And so I basically rushed him out of the aid station before he could get any food or water or anything. Meaning. Um, <laughs> but hey, I'm never going to be in this spot again to win a hundred race. Um, that was my rationale. So, uh, so yeah, so we end up riding the shuttle together to the, like, it drops us off and we got out and uh, we're running and, uh, I guess it's Lookout Mountain. You get up and there's like a view of the city up there. Sure. And there's like a really nasty downhill, single track, rocky piece that dumps yeah. you out onto a, a road down below it. And uh, I knew he wasn't doing good at technical stuff. So I, when we got to the top of that ridge, I just, I, I think I did like an 830 uh, mile. And then I went down that thing like as fast as I could. And, <laughs> just kept booking it and eventually like i i kept making it to aid stations and nobody told me i was that he had dropped so oh. or he didn't drop but he was like an hour yeah. and a half behind me oh my and gosh I'm like still running looking over my shoulder I'm running scared and, uh yeah i'm running scared and nobody said anything every aid station i got to they're like all right good job one guy was asleep like the aid station wasn't even open yet when i got <laughs> i was like all right don't worry about it <laughs> but yeah, so I ended up the funniest part of that race was you you come past like Ruby Falls and you ditch out into like the Greenway, Chattanooga Greenway. Okay. And I'm still like nobody's told me. So I'm still looking behind me and <laughs> I see this dude with a vest on and I'm like, oh man, I had like three miles left. And I was like, this guy is catching me. I was like, he is gonna run me down in the last mile <laughs> of the race. So I'm like as fast as I can go, my quads are like quivering, like they're about to lock up and uh, I can keep turning around and the dude just was gaining on me. And eventually I turned around and he's like 40 yards back and he's like, I'm not in the race. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I stopped and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, I was following you all night on the internet. I just wanted to run the last section with you. I'm like, oh man but yeah i thought i thought i was getting run down he's like i was having to run sixes to keep up with you i was like yeah i thought you were, you were gonna beat me uh but yeah that was uh it was a stellar day like i i felt like it's one of those days where you can just keep running you know like you yeah. just could go continuously yeah. that's and awesome man it worked out because they don't amazing. all those, those days don't always happen on race days no they don't but when they do you gotta be grateful and, and just go yeah. with it <laughs> that's, yeah. that's awesome. yeah it was awesome it was like everybody just got out of the way <laughs> very cool um aside from hard rock any other bucket list races that you have um not really um i'm trying to pick off sections of the at at random okay uh, i've tried to do the foothills a couple times okay uh, and failed uh twice uh so that's on my list i'd like to do scar at some point yeah um yeah so just like random random yeah. little runs around here pretty much that's cool um, but not really races so to speak uh, <laughs> i'm uh i'm gonna dabble in uh maybe trying a triathlon this year and see, see what happens because <laughs> um, uh, yeah swimming seems crazy <laughs> um, but yeah i don't know i thought about doing that so that's we'll see cool, cool. yeah um, well, 1900 miles under your belt, uh, any, any words of wisdom to impart anything that you've gleaned over the, uh, the past 14 years of hundred mile experience? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, every person is going to be different. Every race situation is going to be different. It's really just 
really about adapting to whatever situations thrown at you. It could be weather, it could be blisters, chafing, um, <laughs> you know, um, you just have to identify that stuff and, and adjust to it uh, continuously because you know, it's going to be, you may have every different emotion you own happen in one day, um, you know, so you, you know, uh, it's going to be tough. Like if it was easy, everybody would be out there doing it. Um, so you just have to keep that in mind and just remember, like you put in a lot of time and effort for, for that one effort. Like you, uh, you've got to just stick with it, no matter how uncomfortable it's going to be for, for that that day or day and a half or two days or whatever it's going to be like you're you just have to remember like it that was your goal and you gotta you just got to keep moving forward <laughs> you know that's exactly right that's exactly right well, michael awesome stuff um what is the best way if if somebody wanted to connect with you or watch your training strava your michael pool is that right yep. mm -hmm. uh, same thing on facebook um facebook michael pool and then uh on instagram i'm mt pool insta is mt pool yep all right i'll put all those in the show notes uh so that claire can connect with these folks when they <laughs> when they get on i have someone media. running all of my social media accounts <laughs> He's paid. oh michael you're <laughs> awesome man uh congratulations on finishing grindstone um I, I hope you get those tickets into hard rock and, and you get that lucky draw that would be fantastic yeah. we'll see we'll uh, see know. what happens yes absolutely man it's been a pleasure talking to you and, and thanks again for your time yeah thank you i appreciate it have a good one <laughs> michael pool congratulations especially on your most recent finish at the grindstone 100 um i sincerely hope that uh, michael gets into the hard rock lottery uh, I know he's been obviously trying for a long time, as we talked about in the podcast, um, and I wish him the best of luck in everything. Um, just what a great individual, and I thank him for coming on the show and taking the time to, to share his story. So thank you, Michael. On to MR Running Pains news. So we're here in October. Here I am. I am recording on Wednesday, October 5th. Uh, so this episode will come out on the 6th. The uh, newsletter, the October newsletter did come out on October 1st. I shared it through as many medias as I could. But um, if you didn't have the chance, uh, I'll get that up on my website so you can see it. You can also just subscribe on my website. That's mrrunningpains.com. There are links in the show notes if you want to subscribe. It is a free uh, newsletter that comes out once a month. I talk about training tips and reviews and all sorts of stuff in the, in the newsletter. So I try to make it jam-packed full of information uh, that I hope people find useful. I talked about uh, the use of carbon fiber shoes, you know, super shoes. Are they worth the money to buy them for the trail? Uh, what else? Um, I talked about um, coming back from time off. So you've taken you know two to four weeks off, maybe more. How do you come back wisely and safely? There's an article on that. Just you know, a lot of things. Um, I talked about uh, two shoes that I just bought and I'm looking forward to using, and why so? Uh, that being the Saucony Speed uh, Three, the Endorphin Speed Three, excuse me, and um, the Outroad, which I've actually started using, the Ultra Outroad. It's kind of their uh, road to trail hybrid. Uh, you can use it road or trail, and I've I've had the chance to do a few runs on it, and I have to say I am pretty impressed. It is on their Slim Fit, so it is for the narrower foot. Uh, which does fit me better. So I have to throw that caveat out as well. But I'll be doing a full review as I get more, um, excuse me, more runs in with which each shoe. Um, the uh, the outroad will probably come first because I'll, I'll be using that one a lot more uh, in the time being. Uh, whereas the uh, Saucony Endorphin Speed 3, uh, you know, I'm just not quite to those type of workouts yet where I will be uh, using that footwear. But uh, my wife and I went out shopping the other day and picked up some shoes. I also picked up the um, um, the Escalante 3, uh, which looks like quite the transformation from its predecessor. Um, I haven't gotten really much mileage in on it at this point, but uh, interested to see what the difference is between the 2.5 and the 3. So uh, newsletter, I'll be having reviews of those. Um, I use the Ultra Aspire Bronco Vest. I've been using that on my runs. I plan to use that at Western States. I have to say I'm pretty impressed by that. So there's a gear review of the uh, Ultra Aspire Bronco Vest in there as well. Um, and then coming up, I'll be doing a gear review of the um, Nightcore that uh, 
uh, Ben Mercer talked about on our episode. Ben did the Mogollon Monster and uh, and talked about this Night Corps. It's NU-25, uh, and I'm not sure if it's NU-25 or NU-25, however it is. Um, and my friend Sheridan had told me about this headlamp long ago, and he actually let me borrow it when I did the out and back on the Art Lobe Trail just in case I needed a backup lamp. Uh, and, you know, the cool thing was, um, this light, if you take off the headband, uh, and there's a video online, I'm going to share all this in my next newsletter. Um, but, um, this, if, if you get some shock cord, uh, and just one toggle, it, it decreases the weight exponentially. I think they said the headband is actually heavier than the headlamp itself. <laughs> so, um, but once you put that shock cord on, amazing how light it, this this light is uh 350 lumens rechargeable i think it runs six hours um so you could potentially have two of these in your pack with the shock cord on them and it would probably still weigh about the same or less than a petzl headlamp which is incredible uh so um just got turned on to this uh plan on kind of carrying that for western states in those latter miles because it's so light and doesn't take up much room especially having shock cord uh and what i mean by shock cord is kind of like if you picture the bungee laces on your running shoes, uh, if you've ever seen those, a lot of triathletes use them. It's kind of that type of thing. Um, used in the uh, the fast packing world to save weight on multiple things. Uh, but um, yeah, using that to, to create a headband for the light, it's just amazing. So I'll be talking about that in the future in, uh, in a future uh, uh, newsletter, you know, most likely next month, November's newsletter. But as I said, if you're interested in signing up for the newsletter, please do so. It's in the show notes, the link, uh, as well as on my website. So please go there and do that. Uh, with that said, um, I have a new sponsor uh, on Patreon. And I just want to shout out my Patreon supporters because uh, without them, a lot of this stuff just wouldn't get done. So if you can consider supporting at whatever level, dollar a month, $5 a month, whatever you can do, if you have the resources to do so, I sincerely appreciate it. It helps me keep doing this stuff, getting out the newsletter, spreading information, doing podcasts. Uh, you know, So I really appreciate my Patreon support. So Carolyn Morisot, uh, thank you so much uh, for for uh, sponsoring, uh, being a part of the Patreon community here. I uh, also want to shout out and thank Mike Sears, Julia Jordan, Nicole Burnham, Peter Kayu, uh, Will Weedman, Philip Taylor, Martin Thorne, Nancy Lewis, Victor Dostro, uh, Kendall Weaver, Nate Heaslip, Austin Elder, and Tori Greaves. Those are all my supporters on Patreon. Uh, again, you know, if you can support, I sincerely appreciate that. It really helps me get this stuff done. So if you find value in what I'm doing, and you can support me, that would be wonderful. Thank you. And thank you to all those once again. Uh, other news. Um, actually, uh, I picked up a few new athletes since we've last spoken, but I still have some spots open. So if you're looking at events coming up, uh, let's say you're looking to next year, um, like Umstead, for instance. Uh, I'm starting, a lot of my Umstead runners are actually starting training next week. So if you're interested in a spring race, be it Umstead, uh, Hellbender, whatever it may be, uh, now's the time to have that conversation. If you want to come on board, uh, like I said, I have some space. Um, I know Hellbender hasn't announced their date yet and you'll have a little bit more time if they hold the traditional May date. Uh, but you know, like I said, if you're looking at Umstead or anything around that time frame, right now is the time to have that conversation and get you up and running. So please reach out if you so desire. Uh, my contact is in the show notes as well as through my website. You can check out my coaching philosophy, all of that good stuff on my website. Uh, and if you have questions about coaching and whether I'm the right coach for you, that's one of the conversations I just had was, you know, um, am I the right fit? And that's a great question to ask multiple coaches. You know, shop out there. Make sure we're the right fit for you. OK, um, not just because I'm talking on a podcast or, you know, whatever reason, uh, have that conversation. You know, let's talk and find out. Make sure that like if, if you're looking for a specific type of coach, make sure that that person that's going to coach you is that right person. OK, um, sometimes we're the right fit. Sometimes we're not. So anyway, um, reach out about coaching if you would. Thank you. Um, uh, upcoming episodes, my gosh, I've been recording a ton here. Um, I've got, uh, one conversation already recorded, uh, with two of my runners that have just completed the Berlin and London marathons respectively. Those were within a week. Uh, and the two ladies completed both. Uh, they're both trying to get their six star medal and, uh, one is two races away. Uh, so 
um, <laughs> Chicago and Tokyo, and she just got into Tokyo, so she'll be knocking off Tokyo. She didn't get into Chicago again. We talk about that in the conversation, but uh, really fascinating to hear about the uh, the majors, the world majors for marathoning. Uh, a world that sometimes we don't touch on, you know, too much in this podcast. But uh, re- these two had a, you know, just a great story because they travel together. They're they're great humored. They do a lot of the Disney races. Um, they're just your, you know, mid to back of the Packers. Like uh, they talk about, they said they finished in the back thirty percent of the field, which is awesome. They finished. They did it. That's that's fantastic. Um, and so I love this conversation. Um, I love training the two of them. They're very different. We kind of talk about that in the podcast as well. So that will be coming up. Uh, other podcasts, uh, I am recording with three people that just finished their first hundred milers and, uh, two of them were at the Yeti 100 in which they ran through hurricane Ian, uh, which, you know, obviously had its challenges, but this was their first hundred miler and they destroyed it. I was so proud of both of them. Um, and then the third conversation that we're having, uh, for first time finishers is with a longtime listener, Josh Truckler, uh, who, um, just did Hennepin 100. And Josh came to me for training a long time ago and had this goal. And I'm so glad that he just killed it. You know, he slayed it, he knocked it out, got it done. Uh, the three of them, amazing conversation. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be having those conversations. So uh, stay tuned for those two podcasts that will be coming out in the future. Uh, man, and I should just give a shout out to, I, I mean, I had five runners finish at Yeti through that miserable weather, weather. It's just incredible. I'm so proud of each of them, especially when I heard their stories. And that's just the fantastic thing. Um, Tori Kendra, uh, you may remember her from this, this recent episode where we talked to, uh, the, uh, Barkley fall classic runners. Tori was one of those runners that had just finished the Barkley fall classic. And prior to that had just finished the Yeti Washington 100. So this Yeti was her second 100 in just a few months. And she had some really trial and tribulations. She, she tripped at about mile seven. Uh, I mean, just a lot of things went wrong, but she persevered and finished. So I want to just, you know, give you guys a follow up and say, Tori, congratulations. You're amazing. That's awesome and fantastic. So many races coming up this fall. Uh, excited to see the race calendar stacked. Uh, we got some local races here coming up. Uh, actually, uh, not this weekend, but next. Um, the Claw Hammer 50K. Paige Willerington is putting on the Claw Hammer 50K in Pisgah National Forest. She's also accompanying it with a five-mile run, a trail run, on Sunday, October 16th. And uh, my wife and I signed up for it. So we're going to do the five-miler. Uh, I'm sure she won't let me run with her. <laughs> so uh, we'll run our own races. But it uh, should be fun just to line up and get my butt kicked in a five-miler. It's been a long time since I've run you know, a short distance like that. But uh, looking forward to it, just getting out and seeing the community, uh, getting out on the trails and racing. So I hope that your training goes well. I hope everything is uh, is great in your neck of the woods. Uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, please do reach out to me. Um, and you know, if you have ideas for the podcast or want to be a guest, again, reach out. And until next time, you just keep running, my friends. <laughs>